Good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Anna. I'm going to be doing the reading today. Um, it's from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 10, and it's on page 1022. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children... Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Great, thank you. Um, thank you, Anna, for reading. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself um, the question, how, how good have I got to be uh, to be a Christian? Uh, what sort of moral standard do I need to hit to be a genuine Christian accepted by God? Um, I, I'm not talking about um, trying to be good enough for God. You know, a lot of people think about Christianity like that. They, they think it's a bit like Father Christmas, you know, who gets a present, well... You only get a present if you've been good enough. Have you been good? You know, you've got to hit a certain standard, get a present. They think it's like that with God. Try and be good enough and do enough right things, and then God, I'm good enough for God. God will accept me. That's, that's not Christianity. That's not right. Um, the Bible is clear. We're not good enough for God, and we can only be accepted by God through Jesus, through his death for us. Um, through what the Bible calls his grace, or it's a gift, it's free, it's given to us, it's not earned. Let's say we're clear about that, okay? I'm going to assume that you've got, you've got that. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift. But at the same time, Christians are to obey God, aren't they? We're to do what he says. We're not perfect, though. Um, we... We fail. So that raises the question, how much can you fail? 
How often can you fail and still be a real Christian? That's what I mean. How good do you have to be? Maybe you've asked yourself that question. You you muck up badly. Uh, Was that too much? Would a real Christian do that? We fail yet again. Was that once too often? Would a real Christian keep doing that? So very crudely, how, how good have you got to be? Now, to answer that, um, we're going to start by thinking about what a Christian is, um, and then we'll come back to that question. So first of all, we're going to think about being children of God. Okay, Being children of God. The Bible gives lots of um, ways of describing a Christian. Um, I want to suggest that what John says here um, shows us perhaps the greatest privilege of being a Christian, that we are children of God. You can tell John thinks he's talking about something pretty amazing by the language he uses. So chapter 3 and verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. When he says what kind of love, literally that's alien love, um, kind of out of this world alien, out of this world love, love from another place sort of love. For, for creatures, for sinners, to call God Father, to, to, to be children of the creator himself, I mean, that takes alien, out of this world sort of love. And as I say, I want to suggest it's, it's perhaps the highest and greatest description of a Christian. Let me try and illustrate what I mean. Um, I want to compare being a child of God with how we often think about being a Christian. I think we often think about being a Christian as someone who's forgiven, someone who's, who's justified, to use the Bible's words, where we're, we're washed clean and accepted. Uh, let me... Um, let me give you an illustration. Um, imagine a, a, an orphan boy lives on the streets. Um, he's a pickpocket, survives by stealing. Um, one day he's caught. And he's in, in court in front of a judge. A big fine to pay and he faces prison. But then the judge decides to have mercy. And the judge comes down from his, his bench and he gets out his checkbook or his contactless card or whatever it is. And and checkbook's old-fashioned, isn't it? He writes a check, pays the fine, and the boy is, is, is sort of free. Well, that's a, that's a common picture of a Christian, isn't it? You may, you may have heard that illustration before. Um, we're in the wrong. We face God's judgment, God's punishment. But in his mercy, God comes in Jesus and pays for us in, in Jesus' death. And that's a wonderful thing. It means we can be forgiven. But in the illustration, what would happen next? And presumably the judge would say to the boy, um, I've paid you fine. Um, Don't do it again. And then he'd get in his jag and drive down the A3 to Surrey and to his mansion. But just imagine if the judge said, I've paid you fine. Why didn't you come and live with me? Why didn't you be my son? 
why don't you join the family? And they both get in the jag and drive down the A3. That's what God does. He doesn't just forgive us. Amazing that that is. Wonderful that that is. More than that, he then says, I want to adopt you. I want to bring you into my family. Forgiveness is a legal thing. It's, it's being right in the eyes of the law. Adoption is a relational thing. It's knowing somebody. It's having a relationship with them. And God doesn't just want to forgive us. He wants to know us. He wants us in his family. He wants to have an intimate, loving, father-child relationship with us. And so he forgives us to then adopt us and make us his children. Not only that, but one day we'll be perfect children of God. Let me read um, verse 2, chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, Jesus, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. We're God's children now, but it's not perfect. Our relationship with God isn't perfect. The way we live isn't perfect. But one day it will be. When Jesus appears... We will see him as he is. We will see him face to face. We'll have a perfect relationship with him. And we'll be transformed to be like him. The perfect child of God. We will be made perfect. Being children of God. We're children now. One day we'll be perfectly his children. Now is that how we think about being a Christian? Let me read from um, Jim Packer, a Christian, a Christian writer. Um, he says this. You sum up the whole of the New Testament if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's holy father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Makes you ask, how much do we make of having God as our father? How much do we make of having God, of being his child? Do we realise it's true? Because it is true, verse 1 again. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. We are children of God. It's real. It's true. John isn't saying your relationship with God, it's a bit like a father and a son. That's a good illustration. He's saying, no, we really are children of God. Elsewhere, we're told in the Bible, he sends the spirit of his son into us to make us his children. And the spirit cries out, Abba, Father. This is, this is real. We, we really are his children. And it might be worth reminding ourselves of that some, sometimes. You know, get, get into some habits when you clean your teeth. Uh, when you walk to the tube, when you do the school run, whatever it is. Say to yourself, I'm, I'm a child of God. Get that. <laughs> Fundamentally, profoundly, this is who I am.
Mind you, that might take us um, back to where we started, because when we say, I'm a child of God, maybe a little voice comes back and says, Really? Are you sure? With what you do wrong? Are you good enough? So having thought about being children of God, let's secondly think about being sure we're children of God. John says later in his letter, he's writing uh, that people would be sure, they'd be confident they know God, they have eternal life. They are his children, if you like. And he basically gives them, um, well, he gives them a variety of tests to help them be sure. Um, and one of those tests is the family likeness test. Um, he doesn't call it that. Um, that's my name um, for it. But basically, it's a family likeness test. Some years ago, um, it was my parents. Uh, my parents had a joint 60th. They both turned 60 in the same year. They had a 120th birthday, a joint 60th, um, big bash. Uh, we, we the kids, um, we played a game. We played Mr. and Mrs. with them. I don't know if any of you remember Mr. and Mrs. Not a very good TV show. Basically, you ask them questions. It was an excuse to take the mick, basically. It was, it was, it was a way of um, having a laugh at their little idiosyncrasies. And it was quite easy to take the mick, actually, especially out of my dad. Um, there was tons of material to work with there. Endless time in DIY shops. Um, terrible dress sense. You know, all sorts of stuff. Um, one question to my mum was, um, if Dad pulled up outside a DIY shop and said, I'll just be a minute, did he mean, A, I'm going to go and buy what I need in this shop like any normal, normal person, B, I need to go and compare and contrast the entire stock range of this shop with the one down the road, or C, I'm going out now, I may be some time. Anyway, it was fun. As we did it, I was aware, slightly painfully aware, I'm quite like my dad. I don't mind a DIY shop myself, you know. Family likeness. You know which family you're in because you're like that family. That's what John is talking about. Displaying the family likeness. And he gives us two families. First of all, he talks about children of the devil. Now, I realise that phrase sounds bonkers, doesn't it? Children of the devil. That sounds like, you know, um, Damien from, from the Omen 1, and Omen 2 and 3 and all of those. Um, like an evil, the, the personification of evil and a terrible, immoral thing. How do you understand children of the devil? The Bible says the devil is real. He's a real evil force. And verse 8 Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. If we sin, well, that's what the devil's like. So we're showing his family likeness. But what does it mean to sin? Verse 4, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness Sin is lawlessness. Now that is a very important definition. We often think of sin as breaking the law, doing something wrong. Lawlessness is a deeper um, understanding of sin. It's actually being without the law because you've rejected the law, you've rejected God. 
Let me try and illustrate this. Um, imagine you, saw, you see someone driving at, what's the speed limit out here? Is it 30 or is it down to 20 now? I live in Islington. It's the first 20 mile an hour borough. Anyway, let's call it 30. You see someone driving out here at 35, okay? You stop them. I don't know how. You stop them. And you say, um, I see um, you're, you're breaking the law. And they say, law? I don't care about the law. I drive at the speed I like. They're lawless. Let me, let me run it again, though. You see someone, the same person, they drive along, and they're driving at 28 miles an hour. You stop them, and you say, oh, see, so you're obeying the law. And they say, law? I don't care about the law. I drive at the speed I like. It looks like they're obeying the law, but actually, they're still in charge. They're lawless. It just happens to be the way they choose to drive coincides with the speed limit. The point is, the essence of sin is not so much outward behavior as the inward attitude of lawlessness, of saying, I'm in charge, I do what I like. And that's why being sinful doesn't mean you have to be terribly immoral. Or, or use the language here, being a child of the devil doesn't mean you're the personification of evil and you're just, you know, smelling of sulfur and, and, and awful, as bad as you can be. In fact, someone can be very nice, very respectable. They always tell the truth, say. But ask them, why do you tell the truth? Well, that's because I think that's how I ought to live. That's how I choose to be. Not because of God and what well, he I don't care about God, I live the way I like. Lawless, you see. They just happen to be obeying one of God's laws. But underneath they're lawless. There's a helpful definition. The point is, if we display this lawlessness, we are showing the family likeness of the devil. He's been sinning from the beginning. That's what he's all about. He's all about rejecting God. And if we show that likeness, we're showing we're on his side. That's the first family likeness. Second family likeness is the mark of children of God. Chapter 3, verse 6. No one who abides in him, that's in Jesus, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Or verse 9. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Well, there's the family likeness of the children of God. They don't keep on sinning or don't make a practice of sinning. Literally, actually, um, John doesn't say make a practice of, he just says sin. Children of God, um, they cannot sin. They don't sin. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that's pretty tricky. Because um, I definitely sin. So what's John talking about? <laughs> what does he mean, children of God don't sin, can't sin? 
thank you. I won't speak slowly. <laughs> John, a page earlier, chapter one, he's absolutely clear. We definitely sin. Don't say you don't. You do sin. Um, 